Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Delonado, featuring Mitchell Hoey, St. Mary's Commit. Welcome, man. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, definitely, man. I was super excited to get you on, kind of get to know your story, just kind of what, you know, that's kind of what I like to do on here, get to know a bunch of different stories from all the golfers, because everybody has a different story. So we'll start with the first question. Where are you from, and how'd you get into the game of golf? So I'm from small town um in the bay area alamo california uh, oh yeah I've kind of always yeah uh, i've kind of always had a golf club in my hand most of my life but my parents were kind of big on me doing whatever i want so i naturally like most kids played your typical baseball soccer basketball right, yeah. yep um and kind of heading into high school um i had a decision to make because i played lacrosse at the time and oh lacrosse I, I, all right i, I was a uh, I was kind of big on, I was like, I can play lacrosse in college. And most of my friends played lacrosse because we were all going to go to high school together. Yeah. And little did I know they were the same season and I kind of had to make a decision um, Mm -hmm. and ultimately ended up choosing golf and kind of worked out pretty well for me. Yeah. It's been working out pretty good, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Made the right choice. And even though my friends at first weren't really the most happy about it, but I was like, Hey, I got to do I got to do me at the yep, end of the day. Definitely. I, I, can't, I can't let outside opinions force me into doing something that I don't really feel was right for me. And yeah. it ended up working out fairly well. Definitely. Yeah, man. I mean, it seems to be going real well, you know, uh, kind of talk about your high school days. You had to make a decision. You ultimately pick golf. Like you said, probably the best, best thing you could have done. Kind of talk about what were your high school days? Like where'd you play at and kind of what were your, what scores were you shooting? Um, so I went to Dale Cell high school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, we weren't kind of known for mainly the football team, right. uh, having our winning streak, but, uh, we also have a golf team there and freshman year I made varsity and I played varsity all four years there. Um, kind of, I started out kind of low man on the totem pole, obviously mm-hmm. being a freshman, yeah. um, kind of shooting any, we did nine hole matches, which I know right. like most high, most high schools, at least in Southern California, I know it's bigger where they do 18 holes. Mm-hmm. tournaments but up here we do nine hole matches and I was shooting 30s like high 30s um, yeah. consistently and by once I graduated I can say I was number one on the team and I was shooting nice. consistently under par every yeah. match pretty much um, granted COVID made things different or difficult this right, last season right. but uh, I can say that with certainty that I was shooting under par pretty much every match definitely man and that's awesome you know Starting at, you know, you said you're starting in high school shooting high 30s. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good, you know, and it's nice because you you, you kind of went through the experiences, almost what you're probably going to go through in college. You know, you might start, you know, a little bit, you know, on the you know, low on the totem pole for college, but then you're going to work your way up or who knows, you know, you'll get out there straight away and start making lineups straight away. I mean, that would be amazing, but it's nice that you're getting those experiences somewhat early because I know high school golf for me, it was just like, you go out there and it was, no, I had the guys on my team that didn't really care as much for, you know, the game. So it's nice that it seems like you guys had a pretty good team in high school and everything. Yeah. Our team, funny enough, we always were given a hard time for taking golf almost a little too seriously. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like we've, 
like you were saying how it was kind of for you and I know for some high schools around here where it's kind of just a yeah kind of a not necessarily a joke but it's no one takes it all that seriously right yeah um we we took it more seriously than probably most schools would um and I feel like that really allowed me to get a really good idea of what a golf team is about oh Um, right right our coach he wasn't I wouldn't say a golf coach but he was more just a good coach in terms of building team bonding he was always Mm -hmm. he's always big on team first because he was the defensive coordinator for a football team too Mm -hmm. um and he always preached that the name on the bag not your name the high school name was bigger than your own name and while golf is an individual sport at the end of the day you are representing your high school and so that's why he refused to put any of our names stitched into our bag he would have our de la salle and just to teach a sense of unity amongst the team and we're playing for the brotherhood of dale sal more than anything else than just ourselves right man that's that's good stuff especially in high school i mean that's something great that not only you can carry through college but just I mean, in your experiences in golf or just in life in general, I think that's really great that he was teaching that at such a young age. Yeah, there were, like I can remember a few times, whether it was in tur- in tournaments where he would come up to us and I feel like where that unity would really, the, the unity that he instilled in us would really take effect would be like where he'd be like, yo, you have to make birdie here. He'd give us updates and it wouldn't be so much birdie for yourself. It'd be like, Hey, this is for the team. And mm-hmm. I know that, right. I, that like, I can think of a time there was sophomore year at NorCal's. Well, I mean, he didn't come up to me and say this, but we made it to state my sophomore year of mm-hmm. high school. Awesome. And it was, I think we made it by probably one or two shots. Um, and not, I'm not, I hate bragging like this, but I was, I think the low person for the team and I yeah. made Eagle on the last hole as a par five. I don't Let's know go. how well, you know, I don't know how well, you know, Northern California golf, but there's a course up here called El Macero. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty El Macero. Yeah. Um, 18 holes so that par five. Okay. Um, and I made Eagle there and that we were originally in a tie for fourth, but that got us into solo third. Oh, awesome. Eagle. Um, yeah. And Huge. Sure enough, we ended up we ended up making it by one, awesome. um, which squeezed us by. And everybody, and it wasn't so much that I was happy for myself. I was happy because everybody else on the team was happy, and I was able to carry right. them on, um, and not just myself as an individual. Right. It's so much more fun to go do stuff as a team, for especially tournaments postseason like that. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like that's just able to build a lot of memories, which I'll carry with me the rest of my life. Definitely, man. That's amazing that you're able to have those memories. And like you say, don't ever forget them. So we, you know, we talked about kind of, that's a team play of golf. And like you said, even though it is an individual game, you saw that team play, but I like to talk about maybe tournaments outside of high school golf. You know, what organizations did you play for? Did you play maybe AJJs, JTNCs or JJANCs? Which ones did you play in? I played in pretty much all of those. I played yeah. in AJJs, JTNCs, JTNCs, yeah. FCWT, even though it's oh, not. Yeah. Uh, even though it's not a thing anymore, they got shut down. Uh-huh. Um, what else did I play in? Ama- a couple amateur events. Mm-hmm. Um, that was mainly in high school, kind of when I started taking golf more seriously, like I was saying earlier. Right, right. Um, and then I think I did like a couple like future collegian world, uh, not or S- SCG, I think that's what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Future, um, future champions. 
that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They sponsor uh, the podcast. Yep. That's one of my sponsors. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I played a couple of theirs. Awesome. Those AJGA and I think JTNC were probably the, I've been probably the more common ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but starting out, I would definitely say I did more JGANCs mm-hmm. and SCWTs because they were a lot more local. Right. Right. And it's always nice to have those because AGGs, they, you know, you got to really travel a lot for those. But, you know, in the middle of June, you, you had a solo second place finish at an AGG event shooting 73, 71 and 67. I mean, kind of talk about yeah. that tournament a little bit. I mean, that's a that's a great finish and, you know, solid score, especially the last day of 67. Kind of talk about that week in that tournament. Yeah, so that entire week, that was very interesting in terms of it was outside of my element for sure oh really okay well so being in the bay area you don't get a lot of really hot days it's kind of oh right like yeah it's a consistent it's a consistent between 75 to maybe (laughs) 105 at the highest maybe and you get a a couple of those a year it's never Mm -hmm. anything that's like wow it's just 110s but i went down there to the desert my game had been feeling good the Mm -hmm. entire couple weeks heading up to it i knew that that was the first like major event of the summer mm-hmm. um that i wanted to play in and that i was hoping for that to be like a kind of a kickstart to hopefully a strong summer performance yeah and so i was just grinding for probably two or three weeks straight leading into that and just so the game was feeling good and so i flew it flew down there to palm springs look at the weather it's 120 degrees <laughs> for, yeah. and I, i'm sitting there i'm like i've never played in weather this hot yeah and so first couple of days i'm practice rounds and getting acclimated to I'm like god I don't know how I'm gonna deal with this <laughs> I was I was drinking so much water right yeah I I was just like drowning myself basically mm-hmm. but I first two rounds come 73 71 I just couldn't really get anything going major mm-hmm. um struggled on the greens a little bit but I was keeping everything trying to minimize mistakes given that yeah. I knew my game game on the greens wasn't amazing mm-hmm. so I was just trying to keep everything stable per se yeah and play, then, just play so some I, steady golf yeah exactly and so i texted my coach after the first two rounds mm-hmm. and i was told him where i was at and he didn't respond that night went to bed and i went wake up the next morning nothing from my coach and i'm warming up on the range and i get a text from him i actually have it in front of me yeah so, we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors scrambling with donato is sponsored by our friends over at future champions golf Future Champions Golf is a leader in junior golf player development no matter the player's skill level. The amount of opportunity and competition they give junior golfers in numerous states is nothing like I've ever seen. Not only is the competition top-notch, but they always have college coaches in attendance recruiting players. If you want to sign up your junior golfer to be a part of the organization, check them out on Instagram at Future Champions Golf or go to their website at futurechampionsgolf.com. He said, go out and be aggressive in spots today. You've got nothing to lose, and you're in the perfect position to make a run at the leaders. Hit it in the fairway, play confident iron shots, and make putts. Let it rip. You have this. Yeah. And I read that on the range, and I was like, wow, that's – I was like, those are, those are bold words. And But yeah. sure enough, I just, I just went out there, and I – the one goal I had for myself that entire tournament was to commit to basically every shot mentally more right. than anything else. definitely that final round more than anything i wanted to put an extreme focus on that and Mm -hmm. i I can say with most certainty that is the 
most mentally committed I've ever been to any round of golf, to every shot that I hit. And I texted him afterwards, walking off the green. Um, I was like, everything you said this morning happened. I made confident swings, made putts. I was committed to everything. And he's like, and he called me after that. And he's like, that's amazing. I love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably one of the better ways to end a tournament ever. Definitely. And I mean, like to, to get, and just, it's crazy what words of encouragement can do, you know, just before a round like that. And I mean, that's amazing that you're able to go out there do what you did. And I mean, to finish solo second, let alone in any tournament, but in an AJGA tournament, you know, in Palm Desert, Southern California, that's a very, you know, that's a very, uh, there's a lot of sat, you know, very saturated with a lot of really good players. And it was a really great field. And, you know, I just, that's awesome that you're able to go out there and finish the way you did, you know, a big, you know, congrats on that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it's a big confidence booster going forward to be able to have an event like that under my belt um especially just starting off at summer that early um with a finish like that i hopefully knock on wood will be able to keep that momentum going forward yeah just a strong play um but like you said with words of encouragement he's my coach has said stuff like that before and for some reason i don't know if it's just karma or whatnot but stuff like that always somewhat seems to happen with him just texting me or i update him and good stuff seems to happen definitely man that's awesome and you know I, i'd like to ask you know you said you play in all these different organizations out of, out of the events and organizations that you play junior golf you know what events do you feel like you really maybe excelled in and that you really learned a lot from that you think is going to make that's going to make you a better player for when you go to college um let's see so there's definitely I'd say AJJ has prepped me very well mm-hmm. for it. Whether it's with strength of fields, you get mm-hmm. a lot of strong players, especially coming from California. There's mm-hmm. there's like the California, Texas, Florida hotspots for junior golf right. where all those strong AJGA players come out of. Right. Um, and I, like you mentioned, the one that I had a couple of weeks back in um, June, that one, that was a strong field. And I feel like competing against kids at such a high caliber like that will prep me well and I feel like junior golf is in a good position where it's everyone is able to go so low and you just have to force yourself to um continue to push yourself to get to that level and you see you can just never slack off um but there's a particular event that I had last summer Mm -hmm. where it wasn't so much that I I played well in it but I learned a lot from it where so I played in Ohio the AJGA Dana Incorporated Open um i got top three there shot eight under and oh wow awesome yeah i first two rounds i played with a kid committed to wake forest scotty cannon mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah so he rolls up to the first tee and i knew who he was but i had never met him before and first impression of him super nice kid yeah and shows up with a bag full of blades and a dot in the center of every single club that he had. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he's got a wear mark center of the club face. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. exactly. And I was like, that's, uh, that's not so much intimidating, but I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he goes out the first round and he shoots bogey free 64. Wow. And I'm, and I shot bogey free 69 the first round. And I was yeah. just in awe of this kid, just mentally everything that he did 
mm-hmm. was just seemed so effortless. Like he didn't like he hit some like everyone hits bad shots, but yeah, he he hit some shots that I was like, okay, he's not happy with it, and just mentally he was able to just rebound with it right. and just continue it forward. And going into college, I definitely feel like I've gotten a lot better mentally of being able to re- rebound after whether it's a bogey or a bad shot, mm-hmm. but to do it on that level was just ridiculous like he did and then the second round of that tournament he shot 71 I think and I shot 70 and he was just disappointed as all can be mm-hmm. he was still he was still leading and then the final round happened and he I walk up I'd finished and he goes out and I talk to his dad on the 18th green and Scotty is a putt for I think birdie and I'm talking to his dad. He's like, yeah, no, this is a putt to set the new course record for, I think, 62 or 63. <laughs> and wow. I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, and I'm like, you're joking. He's like, no. Um, and I look at his scorecard, flawless. Wow. And I'm like, how? And I just remember playing with him. And I still, to this day, I'm like, I want to get to that level. And if not better, just as inspiration. Definitely, yeah. Just to be able to pull off of that mentally because I know for a fact that's probably one of the best mental performances from anyone that I've seen in a tournament even if it's just junior golf mm-hmm. where just they're so dialed in um in every element of their game that it's just something that I hope going forward I can use as inspiration yeah well and like you said I mean for inspiration I mean it's playing with guys like that and and all those organizations that you played I mean it's only going to make you a better player and you're going to see different parts of you know everybody's games and like you said you know you you someday want to be as good and if not better than that and you know what it takes and just got to put the work in and I'm sure you're going to do that for sure um you kind of touched on uh your swing coach you sent you a text and stuff I like to kind of talk about who is your swing coach how long you've been working with them and kind of you know how has he evolved your game so his name is Dave Solomon and mm-hmm. yeah. I've worked with him for probably the last four or five years. And so, oh wow, funny, yeah. so it's been a while, but so funny enough, he happens to be my next door neighbor. Oh, there you go. That's even nice. That's yeah, even so better. He, it's like, <laughs> and so it gets better. So he's my next door neighbor. He's my coach and he's also my boss because I work for him too. Oh, I nice. The, I work at the course. So he's in all elements of my life, not yeah. just my swing coach. Yeah. Um, and so we have a really personable relationship that I feel like I'm, I just have a bond with him that I've yeah. had for such a long time. Something that I've been able to have and not been able to find other coaches before, Right. which I really love. And he's not just so much a swing coach in the sense of, oh, I'm going to get you swinging it so good or Mm -hmm. just get super technical. He's able to teach, he's able to get that technical part of it in when he needs it. But Mm -hmm. for me, we've identified that that's not so much the part that I need to work on. It's more playing the game of golf, which I feel sometimes is lost today where Mm -hmm. people are so focused on making the perfect swing. It's like, you can go to a range and hit seven irons for five hours straight right, and learn how right. to hit the ball, high cuts, low draws, et cetera. But that's not going to teach you how to play golf better. That's Dave. What he loves to say is go out on the course and play, mm-hmm. learn how a miss hit or something like that will affect your score. Of course. And whatnot. And it'll, it'll force you to learn how to play golf, not golf swing. Right. Um, which 
that's probably one of the biggest things that he's focused on with me. And next to that, the most important lesson he's ever taught me is when I first started working with him, he asked me two questions. He's like, who's the best driver of the golf ball that you know? And I, and I was like, on the, off the top of my head or someone that I personally know? He's like, no, that you personally know. And so good buddy of mine, he's on the Corn Ferry Tour now, Cody Blick. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I, um, I've grown up with him since I was like eight. Um, so he's been wow. a mentor to me, but I, that's awesome. I, I, I've talked, I was like, that's him. And then he's like, who's the best putter of the golf ball? You know, same person, Cody, but he's like, all right, I'm going to come back to you in probably a couple of years from now down the road. I'm going to ask you that same question. And if that answer is not you, mm-hmm. both of them, then I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah. And he's, and he's, you know, I've talked about course management and how, if you can hit it in the fairway, 13 out of 14 times in a round or however many fairways there are, you will be gaining shots in the field. And he's like, your irons are good enough Mm -hmm. that you will be able to blow the field away as long as you can just putt. And he's like, those are the two elements of your game that I want you to work on. Um, And he doesn't, he, the biggest thing is he doesn't want me to get lost in distance because distance isn't so much everything. I mean, it helps to an extent, Right, right. Only so, only so much that as long as you're accurate, mm-hmm. um, which that's the big philosophy that he has for me, at least. It changes player to player, obviously, depending mm-hmm. on your game. But yeah. for me, that's, I feel like he's been able to dial in my game over the past few years so well, and he just knows me on such a different level, which is able to allow me to blossom as a player, I guess. Definitely. Well, and like you said, it, it it's almost like, you both you and him learn the certain way you know that he that he's going to teach you you know he's not going to go about giving you you know a bunch of bunch of data and you're going to you know just study the track man and look at numbers all the time and I love that he's big on going out there and playing because you know I think just like what you said it's kind of a lost art in people actually practicing efficiently you know they can go out there bang balls all day but yet it's totally different once you step on the golf course because like you said you know you're not going to hit every shot perfect. So you got to be able to recover from your miss hits. And I think, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that's really great for any golfer out there that is, you know, looking to improve their game, whether they're a junior golfer, college golfer, professional golfer. Yeah, I completely agree. And more recently, like I used to, I remember a couple years back, I would be big on hitting balls and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't really understand the idea of like you were talking about purposeful practice. Yeah. Um, and through Dave, I've definitely noticed that, A, I don't go to the range as much. Mm-hmm. It's more of just going straight to the course. I mean, I'll warm up, obviously. Just, yeah. But going to the course and just playing as much as possible. There's been days when I'll play 36 holes just because I've got nothing else to do. And I'm like, I'll just go putt or chip or something like that in between because I love right. short games so much. Mm-hmm. But going to the range and just having a solid range session, like the most I can probably go on a range is probably an hour mm-hmm. at most before I just get bored. Right. Uh, um, unless something is seriously wrong in my swing where I'm like, God, I have to fix this. I, will <laughs> yeah. try, and, I try and stay on the range for as little of time as possible. I think that's great. I think that's, and like you said, you're, you know, you're big on short game chipping and putting because obviously that's what's going to separate, you know, from whenever you're done with college, that's what's going to separate you from, you know, the really good player, the really good players to the guys that are on tour and everything like that. I think that's great that you're learning that already. Yeah. That's something within the last probably year and a half, 
I've probably I've put more focus into more than anything is just purely putting and yeah. chipping around the greens is just because I know I don't hit it that far. Um, that's nothing that's going to blow anyone, but I'm not blowing it 60 by everyone. Right. Which is um, fine. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, you exactly. play your, you play your strengths when you're on the golf course. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like if I can just like you were talking about playing to the strengths, if I can just hit the ball in the fairway and if I do have a missing green, know that I'm getting up and down, mm-hmm. then I'll be set pretty much. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to shoot low scores when you're getting when you're getting up and downs for par i mean that's when when you when you can get up and down just from about anywhere you're gonna you know mix in you know make some putts three or four birdies in there i mean even more birdies than that i mean you're gonna shoot low numbers no matter what i mean that's great that you are like i said you're working on your short game so much where almost any chip is automatic par yeah that's pretty much the goal i mean obviously no one's perfect and I'm yeah still but still to get better but right yeah it, it's always something that you can always get better at because it's the most creative part of the game. There's so many different shots. You can oh, get yeah. the green. oh, definitely. Um, which is, that's what I love about it most is you can just get, use your imagination anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so, I mean, like I introduced you, you know, you, you committed to St. Ma- uh, Mary's kind of talk about the recruiting process for you. I mean, what, at what point did you decide you wanted to play college golf and how'd you go about the recruiting process? Um, I decided to play when coach Hardy made me an offer, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, but in all seriousness though, um, the kind of college recruiting process started freshman year at okay. the state, at the uh-huh. state championship. So but good buddy of mine, he now plays at Bucknell, named Jack Gardner. He was working with someone, mm-hmm. um, Ted Gleason. He, uh, he works for, he has on the college, I guess you could call it a college recruiting um, co- company, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, where they, where they help, he helps push mm-hmm. um, players into college pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, and it's called road, road to college golf. So I was introduced to him at state mm-hmm. um, my freshman year and I started working with him probably right away and just trying to get my name out there. And he is probably the biggest, most influential impact in terms of college golf because I wouldn't have known where to start with who to email, how many emails to send and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Yeah. And he was the biggest help. And I can't, I mean, I'm just plugging him so much right now, but (laughs) Ted Gleason road to college golf. If there's anyone out there that is considering playing college golf, he is the man to call. He played or he was coached at USC and was, just knows so many coaches and can get in contact with people and he's able to put your name out there and he's overall just more importantly than anything he's just a really good guy Mm -hmm. um i played with him and like probably when i first started working with him and just the nicest person i've met in terms of just so supportive um but also he's not one to sugarcoat things like when i first met him he told me stuff that I needed to work on and stuff yeah. that would be holding holding me back. Um, and I made sure in my three years of working with him that it was, I need to work on those things. Otherwise, I will not be playing college golf. And without right. him, I don't think that I would be where I'm at. Well, it's nice that he, he was able to point out things that are obviously going to better your chances to get offers from schools because, 
I mean, if you got, we want to, you're going to have to do everything possible in order to get the college offer. Cause I mean, college coaches aren't just going to pick any random person. I mean, they're looking for certain things in players and he just happens to know exactly what those things are. Yeah, exactly. And he's able, and not just the, pointing out those things, but he's also able to, he was able to put me in contact with coaches and get my name out to them mm-hmm. with coaches who probably normally wouldn't have given me the time of day, right. um, which was nice. And having someone in your corner like that to back you up, because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who you know. Oh, and, 100%. 100%. And the, and the connections that you can make or have. Mm-hmm. And be, having him support me like that was able to help me in such a substantial way that I don't know if I would have been playing for St. Mary's without him, probably. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, hey everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you're committed to St. Mary's now kind of talk about why, why did you commit to there? You know, did you go on your visit? Was there something that just really caught your eye or the relationship with the coach, maybe kind of what, what caught your eye about St. Mary's? So I've being from the Bay area, mm-hmm. um, I've grown up around knowing a couple of the St. Mary's guys in the team. Okay. Um, and so they've kind of biased but they've always said good things about the team um the coaching and um the program in general that they have there right um so i was a little bit biased heading into the whole college recruiting process <laughs> yeah no um, worries yeah hey. but but uh probably the biggest thing that stuck out to me more than just the golf was the school itself okay um, yeah i've always i've found that just in school in general, I tend to do better academically in smaller learning environments where it's not, you're going to have a lecture hall of 500 kids. Right. Right. Whereas, whereas at St. Mary's, you're probably going to have a, the largest lecture hall you'd have is 60 kids mm-hmm. at most probably. Yeah. Um, which I feel like I'm, I would be able to get a more personable relationship, not just with teachers, but also students around me. And I'd of be able course. to get to know people and not just that, but golf wise, the coaching mm-hmm. coach Hardy, um, he went to De La Salle, funny enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it's connection, little De La Salle Spartan connection there. Definitely. And <laughs> um, I've just heard that he's just a really solid coach. He's similar to my high school coach in the fact that he's big on team first. Good. That's um, good. And, yeah. And he, but he also has very high expectations of his players, not just score wise, but just how they behave. Um, which is great which, I think that's great is, that he has that uh, yes and that's very similar to my high school coach and I was like I've dealt with that for four years and I completely understand where he's coming from um, and then in terms of my visit just the campus itself is probably one of the prettiest campuses I've ever stepped foot on and I just loved it there from the instant I set foot there mm-hmm. um, and then another big thing which in the recruiting process and looking at other schools was the proximity of practice facilities to campus. They have Moraga country club, which is probably like a oh, yeah. five minute, five minute drive. Oh, that's campus, awesome. Which is that's awesome. so ideal um, for practice. So I can just get out after class and yeah. go straight to the course pretty much, which for proximity to school, as well as having such a small school and a solid learning environment, I just checked all the boxes. Yeah. Hey, I mean, and especially that 
that I mean, you're gonna have. I mean, like you're saying with the smaller classes, it's gonna the the teacher to student ratio is gonna be a lot smaller, you know. So you'll be able to, like you said, have those personable experiences with not only your teachers but your students as well. And it's nice that your your course is you know literally five minutes from campus. So I mean, if you want to go buzz over to the course, you don't have to fight through thirty minutes of traffic or forty five minutes of traffic to get to the course. I mean, that's really nice that you be able to do that. Yeah. No, there was some. Um that was probably the biggest and most ideal thing about it. I mean, mm-hmm. the last thing I wanted to do was be get out of class and have to drive 30 minutes of traffic just to get to practice and then show up late yeah. or something like that. Right. You don't um, want to risk that. Yeah. Which obviously I feel like a coach would understand that if there was traffic, but it's just something that I wouldn't want to have to go through. Right. Um, and then it just also another reason why I chose St. Mary's was just proximity just to the Bay Area with I know this is just really off topic from golf but just good connections in terms of St. Mary's alumni around here and oh, people yeah. that I can get in contact with in case god forbid golf doesn't work out at the next stage <laughs> yeah um, but I can get a job somewhere where I can hopefully get connected with someone and right get an easy job definitely based off of being an alumni Definitely. Well, I mean, since you're, I mean, you're going to, you're going to college you're going to obtain a degree. You're, I mean, from what it sounds like you want to try and go to the next level, play professional. I mean, you're, you'll have a degree to fall back on and, you know, and if you keep working on your game and, you know, you, you know, your game's going to evolve the years you're at St. Mary's, you know, you're going to give everything you possibly can at the next level, which, um, you know, I'd like to kind of talk about what are your expectations for college golf? Do you have any kind of goals going into your freshman year? You know, do you have a certain scoring average you'd like to, you know, kind of mainly focus on, or you just kind of go there, see what happens and play golf? So as of right now, I don't really have any expectations for college. Yeah. Um, I've at, for, at the moment, just trying to focus on my events for the summer and put mm-hmm. my best foot forward Definitely. for St. Mary's. However, I'm, I guess the only goal would be to try and make a starting lineup because yeah, I'm going to be on a team with a, with, it's a fairly large team. I think it's going to be 12 guys mm-hmm. yeah. on the team competing for five spots. And I know a bunch of them are a lot older. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the low man on the totem pole. And truthfully, I'm not expecting to try and make the starting lineup right out the bat, just based off of seniority. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be amazing if I could, but I just would, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity just to play at St. Mary's in general. And that mm-hmm. coach Hardy would give me, um, such a cool and gracious opportunity to play for him as a um, player and a Gale. And while it would be nice to consistently make the starting lineup, that's not the primary goal at the moment for me. It's mm-hmm. just put my best foot forward and shoot scores for the summer where hopefully I can go into there and put and shoot some scores in qualifying rounds that would put me in contention to play but yeah. at the moment, that's not what I'm focused on, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, everybody's got different goals when you're going into college. And I'm glad that, you know, you, you kind of just, from what it sounds like, you're just going to go over there, see what, you know, see how the first year goes, see what you can do. But, you know, another thing is, is from what I've learned, just hearing from golfers, you know, don't forget the player that you are, because, I mean, you've had really great finishes in tournaments, you know. Um, I know you're, I know your first alternate for the U.S. Junior Am, you know, I, I know, you know, the round might not have gone the way you wanted to, but I mean, your first alternate, somebody backs out, you're in the U.S. Junior Am. I mean, that's a big tournament to qualify for. 
And um, so, I mean, you know, I wish you nothing but the best when you get to St. Mary's one, I'll be, you know, following you. And I'm sure you're going to put all the work in that you possibly can to get in the lineup, even though that might not be your main focus, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, getting in the lineup obviously is a solid focus of mine. Um, and I'd love to, like it's any college player team to travel on the mm-hmm. travel team um, yeah. week, week in and week out. Um, but like, like I said, just right now is just put, put the pedals to the floor and mm-hmm. just grind and grind and grind until I get there. Yeah, definitely. And put some good scores so that coach party knows that I've come to um, play and hopefully going right. into qualifying that, 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 that game mm-hmm. will continue uh, to put my best foot forward. Definitely. Um, yeah. I love that. No, I love, no, I, that's, those are great words coming from, you know, a, a kid that's coming, you know, straight out of high school. I, that's awesome that, you know, you're just going to go there, show your coach that, Hey, you know, I'm here for business and go out here and just do the best you possibly can. Hello everyone. And welcome to this week's episode of scrambling with Delonado featuring Mitchell Hoey, St. Mary's commit. Welcome, man. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, definitely, man. I was super excited to get you on, kind of get to know your story, just kind of what, you know, that's kind of what I like to do on here, get to know a bunch of different stories from all the golfers, because everybody has a different story. So we'll start with the first question. Where are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf? So I'm from a small town um, in the Bay Area, Alamo, California. Uh, Oh, yeah. Kind of always, yeah, uh, I've kind of always had a golf club in my hand most of my life, but my parents were kind of big on me doing whatever I want. So I naturally like most kids played your typical baseball soccer basketball right, yeah. yep um and kind of heading into high school um i had a decision to make because i played lacrosse at the time and oh lacrosse I, I, all right i, I was uh, i was kind of big on i was like i can play lacrosse in college and most of my friends played lacrosse because we were all going to go to high school together yeah and little did i know they were the same season and i kind of had to make a decision um mm-hmm. and ultimately ended up choosing golf and kind of hey. worked out pretty well for me yeah it's been working out pretty good man <laughs> yeah um made the right choice and even though my friends at first weren't really the most happy about it but I was like hey I gotta do I gotta do me at the yep. end of the day definitely I, I can't I can't let outside opinions force me into doing something that I don't really feel was right for me and yeah. it ended up working out fairly well Definitely. Yeah, man. I mean, it seems to be going real well, you know, uh, kind of talk about your high school days. You had to make a decision. You ultimately pick golf. Like you said, probably the best, best thing you could have done. Kind of talk about what were your high school days? Like, where'd you play at and kind of what were your, what scores were you shooting? Um, so I went to Dale South high school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, we weren't kind of known for mainly the football team, right. uh, having our winning streak, but, uh, we also have a golf team there and, Freshman year, I've made varsity and I've played varsity all four years there. Um, kind of, I started out kind of low man on the totem pole, obviously mm-hmm. being a freshman. Yeah. Um, kind of shooting any, we did nine hole matches, which I know right. like most high, most high schools, at least in Southern California, I know it's bigger where they do 18 holes mm-hmm. tournaments. But up here we do nine hole matches and I was shooting thirties, like high thirties um, yeah. consistently. And by once I graduated, I would can say I was number one on the team and I was shooting nice. consistently under par every yeah. match pretty much. Um, granted COVID made things different or difficult this right, last season, right. but uh, I can say that with certainty that I was shooting under par pretty much every match. Definitely, man. And that's awesome. You know, 
starting at, you know, you said you're starting in high school shooting high thirties. I mean, that's, that's pretty darn good, you know, and it's nice because you, you, you kind of went through the experiences, almost what you're probably going to go through in college. You know, you might start, you know, a little bit, you know, on the you know, low on the totem pole for college, but then you're going to work your way up or who knows, you know, you'll get out there straight away and start making lineups straight away. I mean, that would be amazing, but it's nice that you're getting those experiences somewhat early because I know high school golf for me, it was just like, you go out there and it was, you no, know, I had the guys on my team that didn't really care as much for, you know, the game. So it's nice that it seems like you guys had a pretty good team in high school and everything. Yeah. Our team, funny enough, we always were given a hard time for taking golf almost a little too seriously. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like we've, I, I, like you were saying how it was kind of for you. And I know for some high schools around here where it's kind of just a, yeah kind of a not necessarily a joke but it's no one takes it all that seriously right yeah um we we took it more seriously than probably most schools would um and i feel like that really allowed me to get a really good idea of what a golf team is about oh Um, right right our coach he wasn't i wouldn't say a golf coach but he was more just a good coach in terms of building team bonding he was always Uh he's always big on team first because he was the defensive coordinator for a football team too mm-hmm. um and he always preached that the name on the bag not your name the high school name was right. bigger than your own name and while golf is an individual sport at the end of the day you are representing your high school and so that's why he refused to put any of our names stitched into our bag he would Love have that. our de la salle and just a teach a sense of unity amongst the team and we're playing for the brotherhood of Dale Sal more than anything else than just ourselves. Right, man. That's, that's good stuff, especially in high school. I mean, that's something great that not only you can carry through college, but just, I mean, in your experiences in golf or just in life in general, I think that's really great that he was teaching that at such a young age. Yeah. There were like, I can remember a few times, whether it was in turn in tournaments where he would come up to us, and I feel like where that unity would really, the, the unity that he instilled in us would really take effect would be like where he'd be like, yo, you have to make birdie here. Or he'd give us updates and it wouldn't be so much birdie for yourself. It'd be like, hey, this is for the team. And mm-hmm. I know that, right. I, that like, I can think of a time there was sophomore year at NorCal. Well, I mean, he didn't come up to me and say this, but we made it to state my sophomore year of mm-hmm. high school. Awesome. And it was, I think we made it by probably one or two shots. Um, and not, I'm not, I hate bragging like this, but I was, I think the low person for the team and I yeah. made Eagle on the last hole as a par five. I don't Let's know go. how well, you know, I don't know how well, you know, Northern California golf, but there's a course up here called El Macero. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty El Macero. Yeah. Um, 18 holes so that par five. Okay. Um, and I made Eagle there and that we were originally in a tie for fourth, but that got us into solo third. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. And Huge. sure enough, we ended up, we ended up making it by one, awesome. um, which squeezed us by and everybody, and it wasn't so much that I was happy for myself. I was happy because everybody else on the team was happy and I was able to carry right. them on. Um, and not just myself as an individual. Right. It's so much more fun to go do stuff as a team for especially tournaments postseason like that. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's just able to build a lot of memories, which I'll carry with me the rest of my life. 
Definitely, man. That's amazing that you're able to have those memories. And like you say, don't ever forget them. So we, you know, we talked about kind of, that's a team play of golf. And like you said, even though it is an individual game, you saw that team play, but I like to talk about maybe tournaments outside of high school golf. You know, what organizations did you play for? Did you play maybe AJJs, JTNCs, or JGA and Cs? Which ones did you play in? I played in pretty much all of those. I played yeah. in AJJs, JTNCs, JTNCs, yeah. FCWT, even though it's oh, not, yeah. uh, even though it's not a thing anymore, they got shut down. Uh-huh. Um, what else did I play in? Am- a couple amateur events. Mm-hmm. Um, that was mainly in high school, kind of when I started taking golf more seriously, like I was saying earlier. Right, right. Um, and then I think I did like a couple like future collegian world, uh, not or S SCG, I think that's what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, future um, future champions. That one. Yep, yeah, yeah. They sponsor um, the podcast. Yep, that's one of my sponsors. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Well, I played a couple of theirs. Awesome. Those AJGA and I think JTNC were probably the. I've been probably the more common ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but starting out, I would definitely say I did more JGA and C's mm-hmm. and SCWTs because they were a lot more local. Right, right. And it's always nice to have those because AGGs, they, you know, you got to really travel a lot for those. But, you know, in the middle of June, you, you had a solo second place finish at an AJG event shooting 73, 71, and 67. I mean, kind of talk about yeah. that tournament a little bit. I mean, that's a, that's a great finish and, you know, solid score, especially the last day of 67. Kind of talk about that week in that tournament. Yeah. So that entire week, that was very interesting in terms of it was outside of my element for sure. Oh, really? The, okay. Be, well, so being in the Bay Area, you don't get a lot of really hot days. It's kind of, a oh, right. Like, yeah. It's a, consi- it's a consistent between 75 to maybe. <laughs> 105 at the highest maybe and you, get a, and you get a couple of those a year it's never mm-hmm. anything that's like wow it's just 110 but so i went down there to the desert my game had been feeling good the mm-hmm. entire couple of weeks heading up to it i knew that that was the first like major event of the summer mm-hmm. um that i wanted to play in and that i was hoping for that to be like a kind of a kickstart to hopefully a strong summer performance yeah. And so I was just grinding for probably two or three weeks straight leading into that. And just so the game was feeling good. And so I flew, flew down there to Palm Springs. Look at the weather. It's 120 degrees. <laughs> for, yeah. And I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I've never played in weather this hot. Yeah. And so first couple of days, I'm practicing to get an acclimated. I'm like, God, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. <laughs> I was, I was drinking so much water. Right. Yeah. I, I was just like drowning myself basically. Mm-hmm. But I first two rounds come 73, 71. I just couldn't really get anything going major mm-hmm. um, struggled on the greens a little bit, but I was keeping everything trying to minimize mistakes given that yeah. I knew my game game on the greens wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to keep everything stable per se yeah and play, then, just play so some I, steady golf yeah exactly and so i texted my coach after the first two rounds mm-hmm. and i was told him where i was at and he didn't respond that night went to bed and i went wake up the next morning nothing from my coach and i'm warming up on the range and i get a text from him i actually have it in front of me yeah so if my best doesn't put me in the starting lineup right away then so be it i've got hopefully yeah. three three more years and i can just grow as a player um, yeah. and mature more and just feed off of and learn from what the upperclassmen have to bring to the table and learn what they do so well that i can grow on and all that and just hopefully knock on wood come um 
senior year that I'll hopefully be able to play in a lot of events. Definitely, man. I, and I, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I have no doubt. Um, so I know you kind of touched a little bit, you know, you want to go to the next level after college, you know, what are your plans for after college? Do you want to play? You for sure want to play professional golf. And if so, you know, kind of what path are you thinking about taking? I know there's multiple paths to the PJ tour. Um, kind of what, what, what would be your kind of dream path to go? Um, so obviously like you were talking about having a backup plan, I'm probably going to want to try and have a backup plan for sure. Get mm -hmm. a degree, maybe go to grad school. Yeah. Uh, hey. it, 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 it depends completely on how college golf goes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. obviously with the PGA tour university and mm -hmm. all that, that's providing new opportunities for players, right. Um, coming out of college and ideally it, in a very ideal world, it'd be nice to make that top five and go straight to the corn ferry. Like someone like Austin Eckert did. Right. Um, where you, you come out of college and you've already got pretty much almost full status on the corn ferry tour. Mm -hmm. Um, but realistically speaking, it's always good to have a backup plan. So I'd probably, if I were to pursue college golf or professional golf, probably go down to either Latin America or just go up to Canada. Yeah. Um, I want to do a good buddy of mine, like I was, like I mentioned earlier, Cody Blick, mm -hmm. he went up to Canada and did uh, Mackenzie Tours Q School up there for yep. I think a number of years. Um, and that'd probably be the most ideal spot to go from what I've heard from right. him and just picked his brains on just based off of the tournaments up there, the quality of fields, mm -hmm. um, courses, et cetera. So that'd probably be the, if I had to answer that question, it'd be the ideal place to go. And well, it's nice that you have access to a guy like Cody Blick that's gone through those different stages and you can, you know, get advice from him and kind of see what does it take to get through the Canadian tour to the Corn Ferry tour. And then, you know, ultimately once he gets to the P, you know, if he makes it to the PGA tour, you'd be able to have all this, this, all this, you know, advice and everything. That's great. They have that access. Yeah. And I've been able to pick his brains for, along with his brothers for the last number of years now, ever since I've known both of them. Awesome. Um, and both of them have probably been the biggest inspirations and mentors in my life in terms of just being a golf, um, not, I wouldn't say prodigy is the right word, but just someone to look up to yeah. as a golfer. I mean, I know everyone says Tiger, but uh, obviously he's an amazing person to look up to, but someone personable to me. Right, right. Just both of them, just because they've both gone through college, they, mm -hmm. they're turned professional, and I've, I've been able to ask them, I'm like, hey, what does it take to make it out here? Mm -hmm. And they've been nothing but open, honest, and helpful with me and my process through college um, or through high school, getting into college and just helping to develop my game into what it is now. Definitely. That's, and that's great, man. And like I said, I wish you, you know, nothing but the best. I'm sure you're going to give it all you got, not only in college golf, but whenever you, that time does come to turn professional, um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best. I think it's going to be, you know, amazing to watch you go through your years and keep tracking and stuff. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I mean, I'm looking forward to college and what it has to hold. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be, I mean, one door closes on my life and another opens. Exactly. So I'm, and hopefully there's a lot of good stuff behind this new one. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just going to be a really awesome experience from everything that I've heard. Just it's, the best four years of your life. And I'm hoping that it can be the best four years of mine. 
Definitely, man. And yeah, I think it's going to be great to get out there. You're going to not only grow as a golfer, you're going to grow as a person and, um, you know, you're going to play college golf. It's one of the best things you could do possibly. So. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard, I mean, obviously it's a different experience being a student athlete than being just a student in college, but I feel like being able to be a student athlete and balance academics and a sport as well, is something that I'll be able to carry with me that whether it's time management or, mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Uh, yep. Or just being able just to mature and deal with all of that workload between school mm-hmm. as well as having another commitment. We'll just be able to, like you were saying, mature as a person, it'll help me grow a lot mm-hmm. and it'll be a, just a great experience overall. Definitely, man. Yep. I, I totally agree with you. Um, so we're heading next segment of the show, the ham and egg segment. We're just kind of ask them for fun questions, get to know you a little bit more. First one is right. if, if you could have a dream for some, who would be in it? All right. So including myself, uh-huh. um, it'd be tiger. Can they be alive or dead? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Alive, alive or dead. Oh yeah. All right. So it'd be tiger probably mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. I know it's pretty cliche. A lot of people probably say that. A lot of people do. Uh, yep. Yep. Next one's Arnold Palmer probably. Yep. yep. And then last one would probably be my dad. Yeah, I gotta um, include your dad. He's always he, throughout most of my life. He's been there for a lot of my major moments in golf, yeah. um, whether it's um, low scores or just great performances in tournaments mm-hmm. and highs and lows. He's always been there for me, so I'd want him to experience that um, dream foursome for sure. Definitely, I'd I I would include my dad in mine as well. Yeah, and you, Arnold Palmer. Yep, he's you know he's somebody that I would have in my foursome as well. And then Tiger. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. So yeah, that's great yeah. foursome. That'd be a very enjoyable foursome. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, would, I would love to experience that, even though Arnold Palmer passed. But yeah, still, still, yeah, he's a you know a great guy from you know everything that you see, just hearing about him, and you know he's uh, definitely someone that we'll all definitely miss. Um, exactly so the next one here you just a little bit of you know i always ask this question it's it's just a fun question to hear what everybody's answer is um you know so let's say you know you hit a shot into the pond and it's sitting in mud it's pretty muddy you know you're gonna go in there and you're gonna blast mud all over yourself are you gonna go in there stripped down shirt gone pants gone in your underwear to hit that shot to save your round probably yeah Yeah? i would i'd go in there for sure i mean Dave, my coach has always said, play for the win, no matter mm-hmm. what. And I yeah. say, say it's on the 18th hole and I, that ball is sitting up in, or sitting in the mud. I mean, and I just have to get it on the green and one putt, maybe two putts for the win. I'm 1000% going to go in there, <laughs> yeah. blast that sucker out. And just, I mean, if I get covered in mud, so what? I have a towel for a reason. I might as well just wash yeah. it off. Just wash the clothes. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just mud. Yeah, exactly. So would you do it if you're, say, you're out with just some, you know, your butt, maybe you're out with your dad playing around. Are you going to get in the mud still and hit it? Or are you going to be like, eh, we're just going to leave it there? No, I'd, I'd do it. It'd, it'd yeah. be a good time. Yeah, definitely. It, I, mean, I mean, it doesn't matter the scenario. It'd be a good laugh and memories to look back on. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I, don't see, I don't see any reason why not to do it. Definitely. You know, I haven't had anybody say yet that they wouldn't get in there and hit it. So, you know, I think that's, it's, it just shows the kind of, you know, any golfer is willing to do anything they can to save a round or to, you know, be one shot better in their round. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it plus it just be, it's a good laugh too. I mean, worst case scenario, you hit it, you, it stays in the lake and you fall back and get muddy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just something that you can always look back on and laugh. I mean, sure. In the moment it'd be very, it wouldn't be ideal to be 
covered <laughs> in mud, but yeah, right. hey, it, it's something you can always laugh at and just, it'll be something that for the memory books. Maybe if you're in Palm Desert, falling in the water is not too bad. Get a little wet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, there was a couple of times out there where I was like, I could go for a little jump in this lake, no matter how disgusting it looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty toasty, man. That's pretty toasty. Um, so next one is, what are, what's some advice you have for junior golfers who might be, you know, they, they don't know what steps to take maybe for the recruiting process and wanting to play college golf. I know you kind of plugged your guy there, you know, is there some other advice you have for junior golfers out there? Get in contact with Ted Gleason for sure. Um, <laughs> but then also play in as many terms as you, po- as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't matter if, whether, whether it's an AJGA or if you don't have status for AJGA, just playing anything local, just get a sense of competition under your belt um, because that's when you're going to learn how you deal with pressure. Um, that's like one of the biggest things that um, Dave, my coach, has just said. He's like, play in his, literally everything. Mm-hmm. Get used to sleeping on, if it's a two-day tournament and it's an easy field, get used to sleeping with a lead overnight. Right. And if you, and if you have a three-shot lead, learn how to push it to, six mm-hmm. um the next round just play in literally everything you can possible because a coaches will see that you're playing in events which they'll appreciate mm-hmm. um and if you continue to put up good scores and you grow and develop as a player then your game will speak for itself and you knock on wood will continue to play college golf definitely i think that's some of the best advice and i think a lot of that's something i wish i would have known when i was going through the recruiting pro- recruiting processes you know, you, you can play, you can put, you can have a great scoring average. You can have all these stats and everything, but if you don't have the tournament scores to show that you can play when you need to, um, that's huge stuff for college golf. And I'm glad that you, you said that. Yeah. It's something that I feel like over the last four years, I've really learned, especially freshman year, mm-hmm. just in high school. That's something that I wish that I'd done more of is playing because like I said, I didn't take it all that seriously between lacrosse and golf. Um, and that's kind of where I really started to develop as a player, but that's something that just for all of those people who aren't um, a senior or are just starting to get into golf mm-hmm. really seriously, just play in literally any event that you can. doesn't matter the strength of it or how big the, or notable the tour is just mm-hmm. any local event that you can get into play it no matter what yes yes i completely agree with you i think um you know just getting that experience like you said even you know if you have a a one shot lead two shot three whatever it is you know just feeling that pressure is just only going to make you a better player because you know whenever you get in college you know who who knows i mean you're going to get into college and you're going to have tournaments i'm sure where you're going to be holding a lead and maybe you're kind of thinking you know, well, you're more so th- wanting to get the team win, even if it's a team win, just having that experience is, is going to be great to have and feel that pressure and you'll go out and perform the way you know you can. So, yeah, being able, that's something that learning to play in tournaments and just playing under pressure teaches you is how you deal with pressure. Mm-hmm. Like for me, something that Dave and I have established is like under pressure. We've worked on what my myth is under mm-hmm. pressure. Oh, okay. And, and, and certain things that you can do to minimize that miss and just mm-hmm. certain swing thoughts, et cetera, or not, not least swing thoughts, but just thoughts you can do it, just whether it's just calm yourself down mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Um, and just over the years that you've been able that I've, I've been able to play, I've learned like what 
I typically do under pressure, mistakes I make and yeah. how to rec- and how and what I can do going forward to rectify those and minimize them too. What it what just my film my asking what what is your miss when you're kind of feeling you know when you're feeling a little bit of the pressure maybe a little nerves are going. So typically, my miss. Funny enough, I've being right-handed and I normally play the draw, mm-hmm. um, but within the last year or so, I've switched to the cut just because it helps to minimize my miss. Right. When I used to play that draw, it was just a low toe dome hook. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Which, which for a draw or the golf ball, it never good having those yep. low ones that just go and go and go and you're just like god i hope i need i need that to somehow stay safe <laughs> um like i i can remember ohio um i think it was two when i when i first played there mm-hmm. um the I, was, I think i shot three under the final round and i was coming down to 18 18 is a short little par four you take iron off the tee mm-hmm. um and I was three under, I wanted to push it to four and the Ohio state coach was watching our group and the back of the tee box is like pretty close to a ravine. And so the coach wanted to come up and videotape some of our swings and he was literally standing like <laughs> five feet behind me. And I'm like, and I, I wanted to say, I'm like, dude, can you just like back up and give me some space? Yeah. And like, I was I obviously being three under and an, and an AJGA at the time was pressure and in, in itself given that that was like one of my first right like strong strong finishes in an event and and i was just like come on and i that was when i played the draw still luckily i hit it in the middle of the fairway but i was just working on just trying to control my tempo because that low left hook i mm-hmm. get a little i get a little short in the uh-huh. back swing and a little and quick a little qu- and a little yep. quick yeah and then the hand and then the hands go and, uh, <laughs> and it's just hold rest. on <laughs> and then and then and then you just feel it and you're just praying you're just like please somehow stay in bounds yeah um <laughs> but like i said over the last year and a half or so i've worked to try and control that by playing the cut more predominantly off the tee and throughout the bag right it's just less hands mm-hmm. um and and now i've a limit pretty much for the most part eliminated that low and left miss now it's kind of just a short high right one when i don't quite release it that much which is right. a, honestly in a tournament doesn't kill me right it's not something it's not something that i'm like okay that's gonna go ob it's just not gonna go that far which, exactly in terms of course management issues it saves st- strokes when i know like if i've got ob left i'm like okay i know i can play a fade off that ob mm-hmm. And it worst case scenario, it's a slice that goes short right. That's yeah. just not going to kill me. Yeah, you can play that. You can't play a ball OB, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. Um, so next one is, I like to, this is the first time I'm asking this question. I love to hear with all the manufacturers and clothes brands out there, if you could pick any clothing brand and club manufacturer to sponsor you, who would who would they be? It'd be Titleist for sure. And okay. what should yeah. I still- um, foot, I've worn foot joy for the last number of probably like a year or so now. Okay. Um, shoes wise, um, they've always been the most comfortable stylish too. I'd yeah. have to say. Yeah. Um, and then clubs wise, it's Titleist and balls Titleist too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just, it, it's just a very reliable brand that mm-hmm. I've found. Okay. Um, yeah. the, the balls, I mean, obviously they're the number one ball in golf right and, uh, it's just a very reliable trustworthy brand and i know what the product's gonna do i guess 
Exactly. And when, if you've played it for so long, you kind of, like you said, you know what it's going to do and it's just comfortable, you know, it lines up and you feel good standing over the ball. I mean, I know just for myself, there's been manufacturers where it's just, if I lay a club down, it doesn't look good. It's like, okay, I'm not even going to want to hit this because it don't even look good sitting down. So yeah, it's I mean, nice it's, that it suits your eye. Yeah. I, I think that's the number one thing for me. It's just looks over everything. I mean, mm-hmm. Like if something doesn't, like you said, doesn't look good to me. Like I remember a couple of years back, I tried to put a five wood in the bag and mm-hmm. I kid you not, could not stop hitting hooks with it. It just set up closed to me uh-huh. and I just, I could not get anything to go straight with it. And I was like, I don't know why I even considered this, putting this in play. Just, right. And then I just put my three iron back and I'm like, I'll, I don't know why I ever considered switching from this thing. Yeah. So it's weird how that happens. It's weird how that happens. Um, what, what's the most memorable moment you've had while being on the golf course? It can be either in competition or maybe just playing around with your dad um, or even some of your buddies. Kind of what's something you'll never forget on the golf course? There's been a lot. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, two come to mind. So first, okay. there was – I made an albatross in the middle of a tournament. Oh, in a um, tournament. That's awesome. Yeah. It was par five. I had, like – 275 and ripped three wood. I didn't even see it go in. A good a buddy of mine was playing in the group ahead of me. Uh-huh. I didn't I didn't think I could reach the green from 275. Uh-huh. Um, and it like apparently because he was watching it, it landed like 10 yards short, kicked forward, rolled wow. up while they were putting and went in the hole. <laughs> wow. And, and I and so I hit it and I, I just walked off and I didn't think much of it because I didn't think I could get there. Right. And then I look and then I look up and like the guys in the green are like waving at me and I'm like, I'm sorry that I hit into you. And uh-huh. I walk up and my buddy like daps me up and gives me a high five. He's like, dude, it went in the hole. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Stop pulling my leg here. Where is, where's the ball? Uh-huh. And, and he's like, no, go pull it out of the hole. And wow. I kid you not. It was, it was normal. Like, wow. That, that, like, I didn't even expect it. I mean, it's, yeah. like, 10 mil- it's like 10 million to one odds that right. something like that ever happened um and then probably the second memory was so another good buddy of mine we were playing in a tournament it was like the, one of the last fcwts in california i think mm-hmm. it was hosted at a course called coyote creek i don't know oh if you know yeah that well. oh yeah play coyote creek yep um so we were playing there and we were tied in regulation we went in and there was a three-way tie for first Mm-hmm. And we went into a, I think a five or six hole playoff. Oh wow! Um, and it was just us two. It was, well, there was three kids. The one kid got eliminated on the first hole, and then it was me and me and my buddy. Wow! Last in like the last like five holes, and it was probably one of the best experiences that we've ever had. We were. It wasn't as if it was competition. It was just friendly banter back and forth. We weren't right. like super serious. We were just having an amazing time, and that's probably one of the best memories in a tournament on a golf course that i've had that's so much fun you know just recently the playoff between harris english and you know um and uh kramer um hickok and i mean that's just they went what nine holes and that's so cool that you're able to go you know a six hole playoff with your buddy i mean like you said it probably didn't even feel like just competition it's just you guys going bantering back and forth i mean that's so cool yeah i playoffs i don't know why i for some reason find myself in them a decent amount which i feel like it's a bad thing that you're in a playoffs <laughs> and you can't close it out in regulation well they're gonna happen though i mean hey. they're gonna happen well i've had enough of them and i've won pretty much all of them 
there you go. To the point where, where I know what I what, what I'm able to do in them, and it's not so much that I feel the pressure; it's just confidence going into them. But right. having an experience like the five six little playoffs, just to know that I can last that long under pressure is um, great experience for college going forward. But definitely pure memories with the boys. Yeah, um, that I can just enjoy for the rest of my life. Definitely. That's so cool that you're able to have that memory. That's a, I'm sure that's something you and your buddy will never forget. I mean, years from now on, I'm sure you'll go, Hey, Hey man, remember whenever we were battling it off in that playoff? I mean, that's so cool. Yeah. We've, we've still talked about it. Cause like I've played, I've played down in the desert with him and we, I remember we brought it up there for some reason. I don't even know how it came up, mm-hmm. but it's it just being able to, to share moments like that just builds friendship, which is really, really cool. Definitely great things that you can carry with you for the rest of your life definitely man that is definitely so we're heading into the last question here kind of a kind of give credit where credit's due to maybe the people that have helped you in your game of golf and just kind of supported you but who's been the who has inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today i know this is rather cliche but definitely parents for sure definitely yep no um I'm I'm sure a lot of people on this podcast say that, but yep, definitely. Yeah. For me, it's true because I've always carried the philosophy that family comes first before anything else. Yeah. Um, my dad, he's been there for everything that, whether it's moments in golf, whether it's high, like I said with my highs and lows, mm-hmm. and then my mom for being my biggest supporter. Ever. Of course, she's always, whether she, even if she's not there, like she's started to come to tournaments more and more often just because. Mm-hmm she's able to handle it a little bit better. She's always kind of been, <laughs> she's always kind of been a little bit of a nervous wreck sometimes on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Getting a little bit too into it, but recently she's been um, within the last couple of years, she's really enjoyed coming out to them and I love her company out there. Um, they've together have just been the most amazing parents I could ask for when it comes to golf. They supported me um, and they've been able to, fund me too they're the biggest yeah. sponsors of my golf game too exactly yeah um, and so i mean without them more than anything i would not be where i am just because they've helped not even helped they've paved my path down the road right. Right. um for me to help play college golf and hopefully if not if i'm able to turn pro they'll um help me with that as well but definitely it, it's something that I can never repay them for just because it's such a big debt that I owe them. Um, They've shaped me into the person I am today. So thank you, mom and dad. (laughs) There you go. There you go, man. Yeah. That's something that a lot, you know, like you said, a lot of people say it, but I mean, it's just how it is having that support system. You need it with golf. And it's amazing that, that you're able to have it because like you say, you know, they're the biggest sponsors of your whole golf career. They got you to where the point where you are today and they shape the kind of, you know, the man you are today. And, um, you know, I, you know, you gotta, gotta give credit to the parents for sure. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's, I'm glad that you're able to have them behind your back and uh, they're going to support you no matter what, as you go all the levels in your college career and uh, the professional as well. So. Perfect. Yeah. No, they've, they're just the biggest and most influential people in my life. So I can't thank them enough for what they've done for me. So thank you once again. (laughs) There you go. But uh, well, man, that'll wrap up this week's episode of scrambling with Dylan Otto with St. Mary's commit 
Mitchell Hoey. Mitchell, thank you so much for coming on, man. Wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. We'll follow you. We'll post you up on Instagram whenever your results come out, anything's going on. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Dylan. It's been a pleasure being on the podcast. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. I'm sure, you know, St. Mary's, they got their own golf Instagram, which is helpful as well to kind of keep track of your scores, but uh, we'll see you on golf stat and everything too. So. Thank you. I'm, hopefully I don't disappoint in the years nah. to come. Ah, you're good, man. Hey, just go out there, play golf, enjoy it. You'll, you'll, you'll do good. You'll do it. You're a grinder. You go out there and play the best you can. Thank you. That's the plan. Yep, definitely. Well, have a good one, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes, like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.